0: The All Black Podcast is powered by our official cloud software partner, SAP, helping our teams in black become the best run teams in sport. To listen to this
1: episode and all the All Black Podcasts, subscribe on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. Kia and welcome to the All Black Podcast, powered by SAP. In this episode, we're going to discuss the 2015 Rugby World Cup with former All Black captain and All Black number 1014. Welcome back to the podcast, Richie McCaw. Thanks, mate. It's good to be back. Appreciate it, mate. Uh, It's always good to get you up here when you're in the 09. But look, you don't play footy anymore. I think you're aware of that. It's been a while ago now that you strapped on the boots. You still look like you could, but I think that probably suggests that you still scratch that competitive a little bit, and, and no God's own this year, which I personally think is a fantastic decision because, you know, that, that's a big undertaking, but did do the coast-to-coast coast at the start of the year, and, and how did that go? Was it, you know, did it go well?
0: Was it good times? Um, yeah, it's been, it's been, well, it's nearly eight years since I uh, last had a, had a run around the rugby field, and, uh, you know, when I watch these days, I'm quite glad I'm not running around yeah. you know, seeing how physical it is at times, but, um, yeah, I still, still like to... Uh, I guess keep fit and have something that keeps you fit, and um, when you enter into races like the um, the coast to coast, um, it sort of just gives you that little bit of uh, drive when you don't really feel like doing too much to to do it. And um, so that was in February, and uh, so I had a good good summer of training. Um, and uh, I, I do the two day, which is um, a little bit uh, less um, in terms of you know the. The real edge, because if you did the longest day, it, uh, that really does sort of put, you know, put a bit of extra pressure on to get the training right. But um, yeah, we did that. Um, I do it in the tandem, so you do the whole thing, but do it with a teammate, and uh, it's quite good fun uh, training over the over the summer um, together. And yeah, we uh, we got through it all right, and uh, yeah, that was, uh, it. it I guess I always wondered what the feeling was, how you could get that kind of feeling, you know, standing at the start of a test match or a big game, you know, where you're just a little bit sort of not knowing what's gonna happen. It's a little bit like that on the standing on the beach and Kamara knowing you've got a bit of bit of suffering ahead. Mate, well, yeah, and I know that's your MO a little bit,
1: but like for, for people who don't know it, Coast to Coast starts on, you know, the west coast of New Zealand, going to make your way all, all the way across New Brighton to the east coast of the South Island. It's a pretty cool race and it's almost on a bit of, bit of a renaissance. Like, it's really hard to get into. And, and you, like you say, you did it in the tandem. So you do the whole race over two days. It's still, the way you do it, it's still pretty hard out. And you did it with, you know, Nathan Cohen, who, two peas in a pod, really, in the, in the sense that, um, you both like to go to your dark places, and and while you're in a team, sometimes I, I wondered if you were competing against each other <laughs> to see who can push the hardest, because you push pretty hard. And like there were times during the race when you know you're under a little bit of strain, and 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 you know I almost wonder it's like who's going to break first. Uh, whether that's a good team tactic, I'm not sure, but that seemed to be what you two were doing. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, we well, obviously um, been a olympic rower they know how to go to dark places um and to be fair some of the some of the training we did together uh just sort of um the, the
1: gave you a bit of the, an insight
0: the, the intensity and the uh, <laughs> and and the speed just kept getting more and more and it was sort of looking at each other who's who's pushing this along but uh i i i guess in some ways um you know I, I quite enjoy it um some days i wake up oh god i gotta go out, and, <laughs> go out again man. but um yeah enjoy enjoy that sort of stuff and um and the great thing about the coast to coast as well is you have a lot of people that have never done yep. those sort of things before who are just there to get there then you've got the other end of it you know where you've got elite athletes that are um you know pretty good and to be able to all stand there together on at a start line and, and do the race um it's a great vibe and thing to achieve and I'd say we're, we're right in the middle you know probably done a little bit but certainly not in the, the top end of this sort of stuff but uh, you still give it a good good dig and it's pretty rewarding when you get to the end.
1: Uh, absolutely and I think a good little insight to your psyche and that of Nathan is I remember you, you did the first bike pretty fast and pushed it pretty hard and then you jump onto a run, which is pretty demanding. Run over the mountains, and and Nathan cramped up a little bit because he'd gone so hard, and, and you were saying you were getting pretty tired as well. And I remember saying to you like, well, you know, perhaps you should have buttoned off a bit on the on the cycle, you know. And you're like, oh no, nah, you, you never know. Like you, if you have gone a bit slower, you you know you. And I was like, well, that's just that's <laughs> you, you, your mentality and your Nathan's mentality, isn't it? Is that you just you push hard.
0: We we probably <laughs> did. Uh, we, t- Probably need a bit more tactics than just, uh, <laughs> you know, because you didn't, you know, you go as hard as you can and probably bury yourself a bit on the first bike and uh, you might need to make up a couple of minutes over the people you're racing against and then it doesn't take long to eat that up when you've got to stop for cramp or, you know, slow up on the run. So, yeah, but we're going to do it next <laughs> year. So we might just um, try and reassess some tactics.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've no doubt you, you joked okay. about it earlier, but I can see you and Nathan both doing the longer day at some stage in the future. Um, <laughs> Yeah, which will be I'm sure you'll do well. Look, you're up here in the 09. Um what are you doing, mate? Are you with the team? Is that what's going on and and um you know, what's you know, what what value are you trying to add there, big fella?
0: I don't know about what <laughs> value we can add, but um yeah, uh Foz um you know asked um a couple of us um start of the year, you know, with obviously a World Cup year is a little bit different. Um you know, the lead up has a different sort of um, take on it because you know you, you you've got the sort of this um I, I guess uh event you know um that's coming up and everyone wants to be there but you want to be in good shape so let's ask you know when when uh um during the rugby championship for if for if a round and happy to come and spend a f- few days just around the team and rather than just coming in for you know five minutes yeah, and doing a speech and sort or of feel, yeah doing something like that actually just be around the team and and just if you see anything that uh that you might be able to contribute to then to speak up or even just speaking to some players some new newer guys or guys haven't been you a you know to a world Cup before or even you know played test matches for you know even just uh you know having a, having a bit of a chat or even even the guys that have been around a while and I remember when I was playing sometimes you know just because you've been around a while you it's quite good to get a different perspective yeah. or whatever and um, you know may not be able to offer anything but uh, in, in some ways that can be reassuring too we from what I can see you aren't missing anything from what yeah. I can see um, can be can be quite good so that's purely it there's nothing too formal um, I just gotta just just remember how cool it is to be back in camp and um, you know <laughs> things are things are pretty good really yeah, mate, that, that,
1: did you get a little a little kit bag or something you know or a, you no, know any, no. any perks Oh,
0: uh, nothing too much like that. Uh, it was more like, um, you know getting up for breakfast and that, and there was uh, a yeah, pretty good spread on. So yeah, you had uh, it all right, didn't you? You yeah, had it all right. Yeah, no, it, all it was right. pretty good. Yeah, sometimes yeah, <laughs> reminded how good it was.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, but I, I'm more serious, now. I don't want to say. like I think that's really cool from the outside. Like to see people like yourself and, and maybe DC or spend some time in there, Liam Messam et cetera, going and try and contribute a little bit because, you know, actually maybe sometimes that's not something we've done in New Zealand rugby. I know speaking to you and when you, when you retired. You know, your time is done, you pass the jersey over into a better place and, and then you step away a little bit and it's other guys' time. And, and you know, I, I like the fact that now, perhaps with a little bit of space since your playing days, you can come back in and, and like you say, it's those little coffee chats, those little conversations that perhaps were gold for you when you were playing and, and maybe that can be gold for someone else in the squad now as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think when um, I, I was playing, um, I always wondered why if yeah you know, former All black was around why you, they didn't want to come and sort of uh yeah. be around the team um and and it wasn't like we we didn't want them to or you know wouldn't have welcomed them in but it just you just didn't yeah. uh and it just didn't but when you sort of get out of there you, you, you're right when you move on you sort of just the last thing you want to do is look like you're trying to <laughs> hang on and and stay around you know um so uh it's sort of a funny dynamic um I think yeah, you're right. When you've been away a while, um, and and there's the opportunity, you know, asked to, you know, perhaps uh, be around. Um, I know when I was a player, if that had happened, I would have welcomed it um, hugely, you know. And um, so, you know, it does feel a little bit awkward to start <laughs> with, but um, you know, it's uh, it's also so pretty cool um, to, you know, see what's happening and see close up. It's easy, you know, from the outside to wonder why things are happening the way they are, or you know, what's happening on the field. But when you start you see, actually, how, how they get to Saturday, you get reminded that um, you know, it doesn't always go the way you want because you know that's what sports about. But uh, some of the hard work and that that goes into trying to get things right, you, you know, it's just like um, when I was there, and you know, people work extremely hard. A lot of people put a lot of effort in to try and get things right on Saturday, and you know, it's the subtle little differences that yeah. can make differences, in the, when you're at the pointy end.
1: Uh, mate, I think something we're doing better. It's great to see you getting involved. It's great to see Smithy have a role with the New Zealand Rugby. Some of the stuff he did with the Black Ferns last year, bringing in Ted. I know you did a little bit of stuff with them as well. So I think it's awesome. It's it's a good shift, and and long may it continue. Look, as you said, mate, 2015 is a very long time ago now. Richard, um, life's changed a lot. Like transitions, a big thing, you know. Like for for All Blacks coming of, like you say. It's a cool environment, it's it's a high pressure environment, you know, like every Saturday um, there's an expectation around how the team does, but also it's it's really well set up, you know, like it, it's a great environment to thrive in like you've just chatted to before. Um, did you put a lot of thought into what you did afterwards, you know, like was, how's that gone, like, you know, in 2015, weren't married, didn't have kids and, and you know, fast forward to today, still look like you could chuck the boots on, but you've... <laughs> You've got some kids, Lots you've got some, yeah, 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 and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and haven't played 48 for eight years. Like, how's it gone? Um,
0: it's uh, It's gone fast. <laughs> um, but, you know, would be lying if you didn't sort of say, especially in the first little while, that, you know, it, it is try, quite a change. Um, and, and and I guess I was lucky that um, I, uh, I got to choose that it was time. It wasn't like I got injured or even selection or something like that. I, I kind of... Um, you know um, got to have a, a full crack at, at what I, you know what I was keen to do, um, but even still it um, it does leave a leave a hole and but but the thing <coughs> that um, I, I often say is the thing I loved about um, especially playing Test rugby is the the expectation and that constant pressure of having to perform every week because someone wanted to knock you off and you know that that desire just to get that extra half a percent better and you know just that constant that's what I loved. But when you've done that for a long time, that became harder and harder, you know, and it wasn't the playing, but it was, it was, it was doing it, you know, even back at Super Rugby, you know, you add all that up and it it became really hard. And then, um, and so I was quite relieved when that finally say, actually, that's enough of that. But then didn't take long to go that's what I'm missing <laughs> you know and and so it's um yeah it's not like I wanted to go back and play but it was sort of like oh that's that's why I loved it um but you know at some point you know you it does become harder and harder and and that deep motivation and desire that uh, you need to just keep at it every day um you know it, it it's not it, it's not a, a, a never-ending uh barrel you know you, you do get to the bottom of it so I guess when I finished, you know, there was the things like I I didn't necessarily want to ever be back out in the field, but the things I really missed is that anticipation of, you know, getting to a Friday and you go, man, uh, big game tomorrow, and I need to get all these things right, and also um, the fact that you never, you're never the finished product. You know, there's always something to work on, so you're sort of always learning and looking for ways to get better. Um, and And the the other bit was. That feeling afterwards yeah you know, after a game you are sitting there after ha- having had a big week a bunch of guys have all gone and put it all out there and you know hopefully if you've been successful that that reward of sitting in the change room with the guys that you've done it with um that's the bit you miss and and I, and I guess you know you try to find different ways to satisfy that you know being part of a team whether it be at work or you know you mentioned uh like the god's own Venture race you know like that that added you know standing on the start line knowing you're sort of a week to your home, that's pretty intimidating and not knowing if you're actually going to be good enough to get there and having to do it with teammates. That's why I kind of got into that, I suppose, um, which filled a big hole. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and you know, your priorities change when your uh, family comes along and stuff and um, yeah, I've uh, it's been a pretty cool uh, new chapter really.
1: Richie with three little girls. Who would have yeah. thought, eh? Hey? How good. Look, nah. mate, Keep uh, Get you on your toes. <laughs> I want to talk to you, like, you're here to talk about the 2015 <laughs> World Cup. I want to ask you a couple of things first, like, around, like, your first World Cup you went to, 2003 in Australia, you know, can you even remember going into that tournament versus going into 2015? Was it polar opposites? Was actually, you know, in, in many regards you did the same thing? Or or can, can you sort of look at that evolution of yourself and the team over that long period of time, you know, difference, obvious difference being in 2003, you know, the All Blacks hadn't won for a wee while and that, that monkey was still there around the World Cup. 2015 was different, you are able to win at home, which was fantastic.
0: Yeah, quite quite different. I, I guess from a personal point of view, I was um, sort of only in my second full season uh, playing Test Rugby and I, I, I never really appreciated, you know, the, the difference when it comes to a World Cup. Um, you know, we'd actually had a successful uh, Tri-Nations. Um, we'd, we'd beaten the South Africans in South Africa by 50 points. The following week we beat the, yeah. the Wallabies in Sydney by 50 points. And then we um, had a couple of tighter games to, one to get back to Bledisloe that we hadn't had for a long time. So we thought we were chipper, you know, going along pretty good. Um, and it was a bit like, I sort of thought, well, we we'll just turn up and play like that. We'll be we'll we'll able to win the World Cup. And, um, so we, we we didn't really we just almost treated it like oh it's just yeah, another test match and you know those sort of things um, and get to a, and we, we played particularly well I thought in the quarterfinal against yeah. South Africa um, and again it was just like oh we'll just roll into next week have another crack and then all of a sudden it didn't work and and. We we were never really gonna win that game once we got into it, it was like, man, we we're just struggling to figure it out. They had us in, and I guess their motivation they lost to us twice just pre you know, just shows you how little there is differences in yeah. um in teams and you know, a bit of different motivation when you've been beaten or whatever can, can you know, the old quite,
1: success me. can be a bad teacher sometimes, can't it, sort of thing?
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess you know, knowing that oh we were able to beat them here by fifty points you know, a couple of months ago, you know why can't we do that again? But I think when I, I we, we were disappointed, but it was I guess for me I was like well oh well, I might have another crack at it, you know like it was <laughs> yeah. it didn't didn't really burn as deep as it should have. Yeah, on reflection. Um, so um, and and you know the coaches changed and you know a few things changed and we just <laughs> went back and got got back into playing and 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 I, and I think if you fast forward four years the disappointment that came the following the 07 tournament that should have been the burn that yeah. and, and 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 the motivation and the drive but whereas we were sort of like well we had a new coaching group it was almost like uh, there was a different team that played No three so we didn't even consider some of the lessons which seems absolutely ridiculous um, (laughs) when you uh, reflect on it now but uh, yeah it was one of those things just rolled in oh we didn't win uh, oh well we'll get back into it and um, uh, yeah I I guess that makes when you finally did achieve it uh, more worthwhile because you know that it doesn't just a given Um, so um, yeah that was sort of the first experience.
1: Mate, you, you fast forward to 2015, you're 140 tests deep, you know, you have now won a World Cup, um, like, that's a long period of time, how are you, you sort of talked about always got to grow, always got to learn, like, how are you going about doing that, and how are you doing that with the team, because I, you know, like, knowing you reasonably well, you're pretty motivated, you know, you're pretty disciplined, you'll be out the door first, and for warm up, you'll be, you're doing all the things you need to do, but not everyone's runs the same, and... and You know certainly when you've got what 30 35 guys um in a squad how do you keep ensuring that you know everyone's going to the standard you'd like to see them at
0: the 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 thing that um i think any leadership is um you know it's all very well to tell people what you want but you've got to show people what you want and you've got to um you can't afford to have a have an off moment so you know some days where you just Lacking the energy, or sometimes even the motivation to do something you need, you know, you need to do. You've just got to roll the sleeves up and do it, and and that's one of the things that is hard and what yeah you know, can be pretty draining when you're you know, a, a leader. But uh, that's one thing I um, always prided myself on, and it wasn't just to just to show them. It was because I knew if we were going to be successful, I didn't want to have anything where I look back on and go, geez, I I took the easy option here somewhere. Um, like to to be successful. Um, you know, uh, once is kind of the easy part. It's actually how you repeat it time and time again. And I think after 2011, as a team, we started to, um, yeah, certainly from a a senior, you know, coaches, leadership, you know, how you can start doing it relentlessly. And, you know, for newer guys that perhaps hadn't been exposed to that, that's where they take their inspiration and understanding what's required by what they see. Um, And, you start to feed off each other because you just don't want to um, stand still. And um, and I, yeah, I think it be, sort of became, almost became the norm because, you know, you're holding each other to account. There was, there was more conversations that wouldn't have happened years gone by because you um, didn't want the sort of conflict. But we started to have conversations that were just about, we've got to make this team better and how do we get better. And if we're not prepared to... Um, Say what we we think, then uh, it'll get shown up when it, when you don't want it to. So, uh, and and I, I guess as a as a captain, you have to be uh, get that spot on to take. Obviously, the the, the the leaders, you know, help them do that. But you know, I had a pretty good bunch of men that were all uh, very similar outlook that um, that made it kind of easy in a way.
1: Mate, you you didn't. Officially retire until after World Cup. Was that maybe a decision you made in your head beforehand, just to almost give, I don't know, a bit of clarity going into the tournament, or, or actually you genuinely made that decision later on?
0: Well, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to be playing the following year um, because I didn't have a contract. <laughs> um, but, but I didn't, I didn't want to. First of all, I didn't want to make uh, it about, oh, this is the last time I do this or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of knew that, but if I really got to the end and decided, hell, I still want to keep playing, I'm, I'm sure I could the door. I hadn't said I was going to give up. The door was still that <laughs> tiny little bit of jar, and I probably could have <laughs> figured out a way to carry on. Yeah. But if I'd said, no, nah, I'm retiring, the door was almost shut, yeah. whereas I, I I didn't really want that. Um, that might sound, sound really silly, but um, yeah, I, I knew that I was... Know that I was I was yeah. giving yeah going to be giving up, but if on the off chance things changed and who knows what you know how the World Cup it could, yeah I just wanted to have that little door just a little <laughs> bit of jar. But when when the final whistle went in twenty fifteen, um, there was a little moment where um, it hit me. I was going like, hell, this is uh, this is my last game of rugby, yeah. um, and this is it. And all of a sudden, like, I became almost disappointed. Uh, but then I was. You know, it's a flip second like later I was like, Well, we've just won the World Cup, I'm gonna enjoy every minute. I've still got wearing the jersey and um, and I made sure I did that.
1: And that was it, eh? Not a not a charity game, not a gold noldies game, not a not a nothing, eh? It
0: was the it was the last time I pulled the boots <laughs> to play rugby. Last uh <laughs> yep. and um
1: Stephen Donald's out there getting it done, mate, still today, but you genuinely have not put the la- lace them up one more time, have you?
0: No. I uh <laughs> I knew pretty quickly afterwards that you know, you you just know you can't do it again and I just said I just don't need to prove it yeah well, mate 100% great
1: cool Look, let's talk a little bit about the tournament like I remember being back here in New Zealand it was a strong team you know like I know you talked a lot about um yeah okay won the World Cup in 2011 but no one's gone back to back let's do it home and away like there's all sorts of things that were motivating you which was great you had a great group of men like you said like I you know I can see what you're saying there like you you were the the main leader but by the time you got to that tournament, Kevi, Ma, Conrad, you know, DC, like so many good men in the team. You know, we probably – we didn't light it on fire in pool play, you know, and I know there was a little bit of chat back here in New Zealand wondering, you know, geez, are the boys ready to, to flick the switch? Was it from your side of things, Richard and the coaches, was it all under control, like it was all doing what you needed to do? Uh,
0: no, I didn't uh, – in, in some ways, because we didn't absolutely nail it at the pool phase um, – it did, did uh, add a bit of edge, um, which is probably a good thing. Um, like, if, if you go back, you know, that, that four-year period, obviously we had an eye to um, doing something no one else had done, but there was there was things along the way that we didn't just want to have an you know, up-and-down sort of period and then hope that it's all going to be okay because you won win the World Cup. Yep. We wanted to actually, we were world champions, you know, after 2011. You carried that tag for four years, and we wanted to make sure we, we earn that tag every season every time you you played and um and you know by and large we've done that we, we stayed remained number one in the world and that was quite a big driver for mm. for the team um we did things like uh, we went unbeaten in 2013 uh, without losing a game that calendar year things like that that were quite motivating but then you get to the tournament and you go well that was all for nothing unless you finish this off and we we had, had hadn't played much rugby leading in, so we played Argentina at Wembley, mm. and we were fairly rusty and personally I was fairly rusty <laughs> and um and you know we, we didn't we didn't have a great great start really and um uh, con well, i ended up getting Sinbin just for yeah. half time <laughs> and getting, got a fair bit of abuse from the crowd when I was sitting there and then and to be fair, I, um, I'd probably give Conrad a bit of credit. He uh, ended up sitting beside me uh, not long later. <laughs> but he, it was probably because I'd put them under pressure and he'd infringe. So here was him and I sitting there uh, in the sin bin. 200 we were, gamers. <laughs> I have a funny feeling we were behind on the scoreboard. It was pretty close. And we looked at each other and go, what are we doing here? And it was like, man, we just need to... Uh, uh when we go in at half time look calm and like we're going <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite hard at half time to give any direction you're sitting in cinnamon <laughs> but um in some ways that uh we got through that game we and you know we held a held a call and i, I guess that's one of the things that we worked on you know if it doesn't go perfect what are you going to do and are you going to be able to and the guys that were still out there when we were down to 13 um you know still you know did what they needed to do and we, we got out of it but it was sort of a, a good wee reminder that, you know, um, <laughs> just think it was all going to fall on your lap. It wasn't. Um, and so that, that was good. There was, you know, we had a really short turnaround to play Namibia, which was obviously a little bit more straightforward uh, game. Um, and get to the end of the pool and, and then you're playing a quarter final. But we hadn't really hit our straps from, a, I guess, how we were playing, but also from the real intensity that you're gonna need come knockout time, and I guess underneath, always, I was always, hope, and hope's not a great strategy, but you know, you're thinking, what am I gonna do? What are we gonna do to ensure that, come that kickoff of a quarter final, you've got, you know, you don't wait for 10 minutes or 15 minutes to go, wow, this is, this is a step up actually, we have got to go and provide the step up from the word go.
1: You, you've always said that, you know, probably, probably post-2003, like, I've heard you say it so many times, you know, it really is. You can break it down to three really big games. If you're going to win the tournament, three knockout games. And you don't have to be play three perfect games, but you've got to win three games. Um, you know, perhaps that's a like you say in in 2003, you didn't have that mentality, and you got one wrong, and all of a sudden it's all over. You know, like
0: 2007, was just, <laughs> well, didn't get it
1: right to start with. Well, that's it. You know, so um, but it sort of shows you know, you point around, it's, it's a different tournament, it's a different beast, it's a different strategy. Maybe you can drop one in a rugby championship <coughs> or you can have a bad day um, in a three-test series or something along those lines. But you can't really have a bad day once you get to the playoffs. And also, and I know wasn't heaps of guys left over from the 2007 World Tournament, but I can tell you right now, someone like myself, as a fan, was thinking, "It's France. It's in Cardiff. It's a quarterfinal. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that <laughs> one <laughs> little bit." You know, like, um, and, and team was making all the right noises around. Um, you know, this is a different, different time. But um, for someone like yourself, who was massively part of <laughs> 2007, DC was there as well. There well, were still a couple people floating around. I think,
0: I think DC and I were the only ones on the field, in... 2015 that were on the field, especially to start with, in 2007. Yeah, I think Kevy and Conrad, um, they were obviously on the uh, played in 2015, but they didn't strip. I don't think. For yeah, you right. Well, Kevy might. I uh, can't remember. But um, for for a long time after that 2007 game, I, I used to sit at home <laughs> wishing I could play that game again. Um, you know, like all the things you do different. You know, fast forward eight years, and here you had your chance. <laughs> and it was kind of like, well, what an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and you're right around knockout games. The, the, the thing is, yep, you got to win three. But as a team, when you're in a tournament, you you kind of know that. But you, you just got to realise that um, you can't save anything. You can't put anything in the reserve. you just got to go there's a final on Saturday and, and we've got to throw everything that we've got at it and if we're good enough to get through then you've got to reassess and do that again and that's what makes it tough like you see how many teams <coughs> um, play particularly well maybe in a quarter or a semi but don't actually uh, back it up the following week and um, like the French after we played in 07 you know had a massive game and then they got beaten the following week and um, some ways that's what happened to us in 2011 where we we got away with it but we had our massive performance yeah. against the Wallabies in the uh, semi-final and you know the French have been just scraped through and then so you got two quite different uh, um, I guess lead-ups to a final uh, in 2011 um, and it nearly nearly didn't go away so it's it, it's been able to master those sort of things that make World Cups really unique um, you know the the French game in 2015. You, you're right. We we played some superb rugby, scored some amazing tries, and really just, you know, we didn't. Was that be... brewing?
1: You know, like you always talk around. You know, having that edge, being on edge, like making sure that you're where you need to be, and and like you say, hope's not a strategy. But like in the week leading up, did We're, you feel because there's, you know, I think it's we can say now, like, yep, we didn't set the world alight in pool play. You know, there's still a few questions around Danny. Where's he at? And and like. He popped in that quarterfinal. Yeah. You popped like the whole team went off. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, and and a lo- lot of a lot of the things that you you wonder is, is not actually whether you got the strategy or the the skills or whatever. It's just whether the collective intent sort of comes together to make a, a force. Not everyone doing it on their own or whatever. And, and I just remember the first you know couple of minutes of that game. You know, that some of the some of the hits on defense we had made um you, you see, oh, this is a step up and the, the boys are were oh. here and it was sort of like a almost kind of relief I like we' we're, we're, uh, we're good today um, it still didn't guarantee anything but actually that motivation that desire was there and it wasn't like we had to try and find it it was there so it was a matter of you know just making sure we uh did what we need to and you know you get a couple of scores and and uh, then you get on top and uh the one thing about that game I was On the sideline uh for the last 15 i might have been beside conrad smith and i was loving it because we were going good but it was we looked at each other and i don't know if this is going to help us for next week um you know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here as much as you love this it sort of means nothing now um we need to be thinking about next week now
1: god you're a bloody grim bugger but no there's uh no no i mean god that's and that's what i want to talk about is like had that win a great performance you know and, and like you say I'm sure for a short period of time you're allowed to be excited sitting there in Cardiff looking around at you know something that you know eight years ago had, had been such a struggle and, and now in a great place but then the next week the old, fo- the old foe South Africa they weren't really tracking that well to be honest and like you know all it's almost a reverse all the form was with you, you know, all the pundits were like, oh, the All Blacks have got this, who are they going to play in the final? But sure enough, you know, against the Africa, they find a way to be phenomenally competitive. They find a way for it to be an extremely hard game. It was close. It was really close. There were some big moments. Um, talk about the week leading up. Was it? Was that your job, to just to say to boys, right,
0: you know, this is another final? Um, well, the, the first thing... <clears throat> we we obviously moved from Cardiff to London, and uh, I, I remember um, the on the first sort of the Monday morning, uh, the first sort of thing was um, to say, "Oh, let's just do what we did last week," and, and but then we caught ourselves, and this is one of the things is that you talk about knockout games is they're all different, and they they all provide different you know. Uh, different motivations all those sort of things of you know what you've done the week before who you know all those things and we Had to go back and and actually somehow get yourself back to You've actually gone nowhere done nothing what happened last week's irrelevant Focus on getting ourselves that same level of desire and intent so that you can hit it Saturday Um, Because you're right that the South Africans have been beaten by Japan like you know and, and when you get that sort of uh in the back of your mind throwing at you well you can make all that go away if you go and win the thing you know (laughs) whereas um and you're right that they're uh it doesn't make them a bad team because they had a bad performance like in some ways that can make them more dangerous um and you know playing the all blacks uh at a world cup south africa all blacks is always going to be like that so you know you got to make sure that digs into your subconscious not just words um and I remember um, we got asked the question. You know, you're sitting here, um, like, how hungry are you? You're sitting here, fed and satisfied about what happened last week, or you're sitting there, desperate and hungry and starving, and does you know, really going to go after it? And it was sort of like, wow, that's what they're going to be sitting there like. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a matter of trying to work that out. And. I think by and large we had a had a reasonably good week um, but it didn't have the same it was just not quite where we were but you know you've got to be able to deal with that you can't change that when you get to saturday so that's where you know the experience of, of guys that have that sort of understand that and know what they need to do was going to be key and you're throwing other things like a, a wet day at twickenham um you know that evens things up from the word go anyway yeah. um but rather than be disappointed by that, you just go, well, that's another challenge we've just got to, got to handle. Um, and, yeah, so that was... I it comes guess, down guess to the moments,
1: doesn't it? Like, in the, all this preparation, all the things that you try and do, all the all the stones that you're trying to to leave unturned. And then, you know, Danny was under a bit of an injury cloud, but a couple of big moments for him, <coughs> which was awesome. I think South Africa maybe had a line out, what, five metres out from your line via ball, you know, God... Seven times Not out of quite ten, five meters, but oh, yeah. uh, let's but, say five yeah. for drama. But yeah. uh, but you know, like you know, often they'll take that down. They'll drive. They'll put you under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, you're able to turn it over like that. Those you sort of look back on those moments and, and think, well, at least we're in mentally in the right place to, to make the right decisions and do the right things.
0: Yeah, if I if I reflect on the um, like, say, the first half of that game, we actually had a lot of field position and played some reasonably 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 good rugby, but. Yeah, you know, the scoreboard didn't necessarily reflect it. Like we scored, I think Jerome scored a try and stuff, but um, it was it was kind of, uh, yeah, it didn't quite feel like we, we got the reward and, you know, it starts to get tight. And you're, and you're right about big moments in the in the second half, um, you know, perhaps eight years earlier, um, you know, we'd been uh, questioned why you didn't take drop goals or something like that. And, you know, it was a bobbling line out, poor line out from us that, we managed to win, and DC knocked over as a promise about 40 out of, a drop goal. Like those moments, you could tell that sort of uh, from the um, South African point of view. It was like oh, couldn't do anything yeah. about that, you know. Um, and then, then you're right. Um, so Victor Matfield was on the field, and you know, for a, a reasonable reasonable period in the late 2000s, yeah. he would dominated that area, and we'd struggled a little bit to compete there and. And, and uh, you know, I think I, it was probably around halfway or just inside our half that he took it. It was They had the line out. Um, they get a drive there, get a good drive going. Comes a good chance. You concede a penalty, bang, three points, and all of a sudden you are a point behind. Uh, that's what yeah. you, you could see happening. Um, but we managed to, I think Sam Whitelock got up and turned over. They're, they're big moments. And um, uh, But still, you know, had to sort of, um, I guess, everyone had to do their bit to the end, and it, it sort of felt like we were in some sort of control. But it didn't take much for one drop ball, you know, on a greasy day, a lucky kick, a poor kick, um, you know, can actually uh, they could have snatched it. So um, there's a fair amount of relief <laughs> of of getting through that game. Um, but we, I thought we had the pressure on them towards the end. We're at the right end of the field and. Um, you know. Uh they were the ones having to make the play, like it's a lot better been two points up and two points down at that point. Final, made the final against
1: Australia, um, in London there at Twickenham and, and I I mean the the result and, and some of the elements of the game are, are pretty well known. Um What I ask you a little bit about is like you know, you talked a little bit about being a little bit rusty at the start of the tournament and, and then as the team did stepped it up like it's not something you'd say you played really well in the final you know like you, you had a really strong game um, you know a big thing for the All Blacks I've heard you and others say is, is leaving the jersey in a better place like you've got to be really proud of that that the last time you put on the boots literally <laughs> the last time you put on the boots that you played well you know like it's it's it must be something that's extremely satisfying even though it's I know you're very much about the team and it was about um, you know ensuring that the group did well you've got to be happy with that it's something to be very proud of
0: yeah um one of the things that uh, you know, when you when you do when I did decide to hang up the boots, I always thought about you. Didn't want to limp to the end just because you're either you know captain, and so they pick you because you sort of go, oh, well, you know, <laughs> captain. Um, you actually want to be out there still having a, having an impact. And I, I remember even the, the the week, you know, like a Thursday training, I'd always do some extra sort of um, drills and stuff into training, which. Yeah, whether they are gonna help on Saturday, not sure, but it would have been easy to go. I don't you know, last week you just sort of but I made sure I did all those things that I'd done every single time, you know, right up to that last minute, because I didn't want to think past that final whistle and, and you know, I was still aiming to play my put the perfect performance together. That's the sort of attitude I had and um and you and you're right, uh once the game finished, if you just if I was to reflect from a personal point of view, I felt like I probably had the best game I'd played in, you know, quite some time. And um know that and I know that, that contributed to, you know, the the team. But you look across the guys, especially the half a dozen guys that have been around a long time that um, played that day, they all played some of their best oh, yeah. rugby. You think of D C, Mark, Conrad, um, Kevy, you know, they all contributed like they were uh as good as they were in the younger days, but with that experience and knowledge and knowing what to do, um, and I, I think that's one of the things that, when the game finished, you know, when I know that sort of group that were moving on, you knew that you'd done it right to the end, and um, and I think that was something that we're yeah extremely proud of. Another thing I'd say about the the final, we we played some great rugby for a fair chunk of that game, especially in the first half, which again the scoreboard didn't totally reflect um early in the second half um I think ma scored and i felt we were on the verge of if we could just you know get a, get the ball back and get um yeah you might know, one more scored we were the game was going to uh could potentially open up a bit you know in our favor but you know we got tested when we got a yellow card and they got back into it and all of a sudden and that, but in some ways that's kind of good that we had to have that that period. Like at the time, it would have been nice not to have. But <laughs> the fact that we did get a, get tested a bit and had to draw upon some some of those experiences and and uh, you know keeping calm, all that sort of stuff, um, made made the memory uh, probably even more special.
1: Mate, it was awesome. And some of those guys you spoke about who were finishing, wasn't it? Isn't it an example of of how a good rugby team operates? Quite different guys. A lot of those guys, yourself, DC, ma. Conrad but you know by the end there like DC had total trust in Ma didn't he you know like Ma could call things and DC wouldn't need to see it or look he would just trust that was the right decision to kick it was the right decision to pass like you know it's that collective leadership that perhaps was a really strong element of where that team finished um you know in 2015.
0: Oh that's there's no doubt about that and um you're right about all being you know different characters if they're all the same as me and you know you wouldn't (laughs) You wouldn't challenge each other, or you wouldn't come up with, with different ideas, or whatever. But one, one thing that we did do is out in the field, we uh, you you're right you use the word trust. We trusted that we knew what we wanted to do collectively, and within our sort of little groups on the field, or you know even leading into it, um, ensured that you know that the standards we were after and how we you know contributed were uh, all about about the team. And I think that's that's something that I, I think I reflect on. You know I feel lucky to have had those guys around like uh, you know you, it's easy to pinpoint a, a coach or a captain but it's actually you need people around you to be successful and people that are willing to contribute, willing to challenge but willing to, to put the team and, and others ahead of themselves and and I think that's what we, we had uh, that um, you know well that was the reason that uh, we were able to do what we did.
1: Thank you so much for coming in, mate. I know you're off to the World Cup this year in France. Um, predictions? How do you think we're tracking? I know we've got four pretty good teams on the the same same side of the draw, and perhaps if a couple of teams can can come through that side, they'll be in good nick. All saying that, on the other side, you know, perhaps some teams have an opportunity to get to a semi, and maybe if they get a couple of couple of games right in a row, they'll be in the mix as well. It's it's we always say this before going to it's it's very open, or you know, certain teams. Lots of different teams could win but it's it's got that feel a little bit. it's pretty ruthless on the all black side of the draw.
0: Yeah a couple of things I'd say about that it's uh, from a punter's point of view it's exciting and yeah. you think about you know, I was in the Northern hemisphere went last year that they're all excited because they think there's an opportunity for everyone to you know potentially win it. But the, but the thing from a team point of view like the, the All Blacks is nothing's actually changed and, and one of the things I learned in 07, we we looked at the draw and who we might play. That's actually irrelevant. You've got to win three massive games and you're going to be playing against teams that are all capable of beating you and you've got to meet, need to beat your best. So whether you're on the, that side of the draw, the other side mm-hmm. of the draw, actually, who cares? Yeah. If you're going to earn the tag world champions, you need to three of them in a row. And uh and just for everything else is just, just noise about who does what. Um and so, you know, uh, the interesting thing will be, you know, playing f- the French first start, which will send the two teams on the different sides of the draw, you know, I'm looking at it from a punter's point of view. Um that could easily meet up again, you know, and yeah. history could repeat. But yeah. uh yeah, it's gonna make it pretty interesting what uh game to see at the start from a certainly from a punter's point of view. But I think you look at the talent we've got in the All Black team, there's are uh, as good as anyone in the world. Um, and, you know, from what I see, you know, the, you know how they're working together and what they want to do and stuff, um, you know, it, it seems very similar to the times. Of, and, and, you know, it's not very often I've sort of wished it'd be great to still be young enough to still do it, but uh, it's, it's great to be able to see. So, um, you know, we'll just... Uh, yeah, watch with uh, excitement.
1: Mate, good on you. Good on you for being up with the team and, and getting involved um, this week. Thank you for coming in and contributing to the podcast. Fascinating to hear um, your experiences and memories from previous World Cups and most specifically 2015. Enjoy the tournament this year. Um, you know, like you, be watching as a punter and a fan and, and I hope the team go well. I've certainly um, been impressed with what they've been doing over the last wee while. So appreciate it, mate, um, and and have a fantastic day. I know we're, we're both off to the rugby tomorrow to watch New Zealand Place of Africa at Mount Smart which will be awesome can't wait cheers mate the All Blacks podcast is powered by our official cloud software partner SAP helping our teams in black be the best run in sports hosted by Rob Dunn and the Hargrave Street Studio produced by Carl Thompson from Blue and Ginge the podcast producers video editing by Mac Leesberg graphics by Western Design content advising from Andy Burt and commercial manager for the podcast is Valeska Hove Follow the All Blacks podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts.